Greetings, and welcome to Etzheim's weekly podcast, recorded live in Richardson, Texas. We invite you now to join us for one of our synagogue's Shabbat messages. Shalom. It's so good to be back here with you. I'm traveling, uh, as you, probably some of you know, uh, now again, uh, since a couple of months between uh, Berlin and Dallas, once a month, I'm commuting here uh, for a week or two, this time it's just four days, but I'm glad to be with you uh, for, the, uh, for this Shabbat. Uh, I didn't expect actually that I'm going to give a report, but I always love to give reports, so let me uh, be brief. Uh, in Berlin, uh, we deal now with uh, the consequences of the war in Ukraine, in uh, whole Germany. Germany is the most uh, attractive country for Ukrainians to seek refuge at the moment. In the last couple of months, we got between seven and 800,000 refugees from Ukraine. Official numbers, unofficial, uh, it's probably even uh, uh, dif uh, different, or larger. And many of those coming, they're Messianic believers. So the Messianic community in Germany doubled in the last couple of months. Uh, and at our congregation at Berlin, 30% of our attendance now are uh, those from, a mess from Messianic congregations in Ukraine. It's revitalized our ministry tremendously. It gave us new booths and I would say even uh, like a mini revival. Uh, two weeks ago, we were planning a tefillah, so baptism, uh, for three people. And uh, on Saturday, I said, for Shavuot, on Sunday, we, uh, we have a baptism, so tefillah. If uh, we have three people, but if you would uh, like to consider doing that, if you never uh, done it before, just come to me. So that day, we, uh, we had nine people. Uh, entering the water and it was so unexpected and most of them became believers just recently and not all of them are Ukrainians actually or from the Ukraine uh, so we had people Jews Gentiles five different languages at least five so uh, those who were, went into water they had Russian Ukrainian German uh, Spanish and French languages as their native languages or first languages. So it was international, multi-ethnic uh, twila at our congregation. And I remember that as we pioneered the Messianic movement in Germany, back in 1996, the first Messianic uh, mikva or twila baptism in Berlin since the Second World War, since the Holocaust happened, we had also nine people entering the water. And I, that two weeks ago on Shavuot, I had the feeling that there is a renewal. It's like new beginning. So the war in Ukraine, it's a horrible thing, but at the same time, it brings, I believe, some revival to Europe. And you will get some of this, hopefully, later. It's just this revival go across the Atlantic Ocean now, probably, slowly on the boat, okay? Not on, a, not on an airplane. Uh, but anyway, uh, after the service, come to me, 
uh, and talk to me about, about that. I can report to you about what's going on in different Messianic congregations related uh, to the war. I can, uh, I can give you reports what we are doing in Ukraine and in relation uh, to Ukraine. There are many things that God is blessing us now with uh, ministry-wise. So uh, thank you for partnering with us. Thank you for praying for us and thank you for, uh, as the congregation, supporting our ministry. And I know that uh, some of you receive our prayer letters and pray for us and it's highly appreciated. Those of you who are receiving, uh, some of you who are receiving our prayer letters were complaining that our family picture is outdated, very old. Yes, indeed, it was like five or six years old picture. But uh, now there is new picture coming. <laughs> so just <laughs> don't, be <laughs> don't be discouraged. <laughs> we feel the same young, all of us. But anyway, uh, today, wow, it's just it's shaking. Uh, okay, today I'm going to talk to you, as announced in the bulletin, uh, about what Cain did wrong. And I don't, uh, maybe I will give some, something related to our ministry uh, as an application later, but now let me uh, come to the subject. You remember the story of uh, Cain and Abel, uh, well, Abel. How you pronounce that in English? Cain, right? Okay, Abel. It's, uh, for me, it's like able to be able to do something. <laughs> so, but okay, Abel. Uh, in, uh, in Hebrew, it's Cain and Abel. So, uh, and it's, uh, well, I will try to do it in English, okay? So, I will pronounce that in English in English uh, types of Cain and Abel. Uh, you know the story, right? It's a very famous story. But I'm going to uh, read this story again for you, if you don't mind. It's in Genesis chapter 4, verse, uh, and I'm reading from the beginning of the story. Now the man, Adam, had relations with his wife, so nicely put, had relations. And by the way, I'm reading from uh, New American Standard Bible that I'm honored to have for this uh, drash from your Rabbi David. Uh, so it's, uh, it's a blessed Bible. Uh, and I'm reading from that. Uh, so uh, he, uh, he had relations with his wife Eve and she conceived and gave birth to Cain. And she said, I have gotten a man-child with the help of the Lord. Uh, Cain, uh, mean, uh, Cain sometimes means a spare or uh, a spear and sorry and also it's related to the word kana meaning creating something. So if she thought that she created this man with the help of the Lord, so with the Lord she made him. Although as we know from the context the husband play also an important role, not just the Lord. And again, verse 2, she gave birth to his brother, Abel. And Abel was a keeper of flocks, but Cain was a, the one who worked on the land. So like a farmer. Uh, Abel, uh, do you know what Abel means? Abel means uh, brass or vapor 
or vanity or even idol. So not a, not a very nice name actually. And we don't know much about him because his life was relatively short. Uh, but he was working. Uh, he was working with the flock, so he was keeper of flocks, uh, a shepherd, so to speak. So it came about, uh, and verse three. So it came about in the course uh, of time that Cain brought an offering to the Lord of the fruit of the ground, and Abel, on his part, also brought of the first uh, firstlings of his flock and of their fat portions. Now, they're bringing the best what they have, two of them. Cain brings something what he produced, or what the Lord blessed him with, also the first fruits. Because he is a farmer, it's natural. He brings it as a present to the Lord, as, uh, as it's written in Hebrew. He is giving that to the Lord. No. Okay, you blessed me, the Lord. I bring you the best. I worked hard, and the land produced this, and I bring it to you, the first, uh, the first portion of that. And Abel, he is a shepherd. He's bringing the best what he has from his flocks. Again, to the Lord, and the same words in Hebrew. So they both bring it to the Lord, but then something special happens. In the end of the verse three, it's written, uh, oh, sorry, in the uh, end of the ver uh, verse four, it's written, and the Lord had regard for Abel and for his offering, but for Cain and for his offering, he had no regard. Now, this passage, is very debated among scholars and commentators. Why was it like this? Was the vegetarian or vegan offerer not so pleasant for the Lord? So is God the same like myself? He loves meat, particularly dark meat, because it was not of chicken, you know, or turkey. It was probably like, let's say, sheep or something. So I love lamb. So the Lord loves lamb. That's why he took it. Or did Cain uh, do something wrong with his sacrifice? There is nothing like that in the context. But we want to rationalize, to explain this phenomenon. Why? But the Almighty doesn't give us any reason in the Torah. We need to admit it. And even some of our ancient rabbis, they couldn't find a, real, a good, real explanation for this. It just happened this way. Because God decided to do that. So, there is something from Cain. And there is something from Abel. The Lord, he comes, he just, he even doesn't look at what, uh, what Cain brought. He, did, he didn't look at him. But he looked at Abel and, uh, and at his sacrifice. So easy. So far, so good. What happened afterwards in verse 5, but for Cain and for his offering, he had no regard. So, and, uh, and the Lord had regard for Abel and for his offering and for Cain and for his offering, he had no regard. So Cain became very angry and his countenance fell. Now, 
Can you understand Cain? Think about it, just for a few seconds. Can you relate to this? I can. Seriously, I can. This poor guy was trying to please his heavenly father, so to speak. He was trying to do something good for the Lord. He brought the best, the first, the most precious. His desire was for the father, so to speak, to say, good. Such a faithful, godly man. Instead, God even didn't look at him and at his sacrifice. Can you imagine you bring to somebody a present? You come to a party like birthday party and uh, everybody brings present, but your present is the only one is, that is not open. How, do you, how would you feel? I want you to relate to Cain, to Cain because it was painful for him. When I read it, I feel the pain of this poor man. He did the best, but his gift was disregarded. And I know that almost everybody in this room can relate to that. At least once in your lifetime, you had such experience. You were disregarded, though you tried to do the best you could. So when I read it, I pity him. Abel was lucky. Cain not so much. He became angry and his countenance fell. And I know I would do the same. I know, I felt it many times in my life. The story goes on. Then the Lord said to Cain, why are you angry? And why has your countenance failed? If you do well, will not your countenance uh, be lifted up? Or more specifically, actually, more, I would say, better translation. If you do good, is it not glory in this? Is it not exaltation? What God meant here, doing good, it is an exaltation by itself. With other words, you don't need even others to look at that, to regard it, because doing good is honor, glory, and exaltation in itself, disregarding of regards of other people. And if you do not well, Sin is crouching at, uh, at the door, and its desire is for you, but you must master it. So if you do good, God said, you're exalted. If you don't, there is a temptation, there is sin, and somebody will master. You master sin, or the sin masters you. It's good to do good. It's good to do well. And when you do, then there is glory and there is an exaltation. 
The story goes on. And Cain told Abel his brother. We don't know what he told actually. Again, the commentators, they just, there is a room for fantasy. What did he tell? Maybe he approached him, just accused him, or just invited. Some commentators even say he invited, so he invited Abel to the, uh, to the field. Uh, and um, because it's written, and it came about when they were in the field. So the field was actually Cain's uh, realm. And uh, some commentator, uh, commentators say, uh, said, say that Cain invited Abel to the field, to the, his territory, so to speak. Then Cain rose up against Abel, his brother, and killed him. That was a problem. That was a problem. That's, that's a murder. Then the Lord said to Cain, where is Abel, your brother? And he said, I don't know. Am I my brother keeper, my brother's keeper? Lie. He lies. One sin leads to another. He kills, he lies. Or he lies, he kills. I mean, the sin is not coming alone usually. One sin leads to another, the new sin leads to the next one. It works this way. That's why when you do good, there is an exaltation. But when you don't, there is a temptation, there is sin. You need to master it. Don't think that if we sin once, there is no, uh, no other sin coming. There is. So master it as soon and as early as possible. And now, uh, and he said, the God said, what have you done? The voice of your brother's blood is crying to me from the ground. And now you are cursed from the ground, which has opened its mouth to receive your brother's blood from your hand. God knew everything. He knew what happened. Do you remember in the previous chapter, as Adam and Eve, they sinned and ate from the fruit that was forbidden to eat. Do you remember what they did instantly afterwards? Afterwards, their eyes got open to understand what is good and what is evil. And first thing that they saw was what, what was it? Do you remember? That they were naked. I have no idea why it was the first revelation for them. Can you imagine fruit? I'm naked. The fruit of understanding, the tree of understanding, the good and the evil. Suddenly, they knew that being naked is something shameful. And before they were naked and just like, on, uh, you know, they didn't care. They didn't know. Now, for you, there is a subject for PhDs, okay? 
why nakedness is something bad? Just consider that. Because there is no answer that I could find uh, in good, comment, uh, good commentaries. Why the first they saw were the day naked? So they put some leaves. <laughs> and they, uh, they heard that God is walking in the garden. And they hid themselves. And what was God asking them? Adam, Adam where are you? Well, was it a play? Like, where are you? <laughs> I'm looking for you, just I'm counting to 10. Just hide yourself, very, very good. Was it a play? No, it was a drama, actually. It was a pain of God who knew that he lost the man. And that was the reason for this question. Where are you? I lost you, but I'm here to find you and to bring you back to me. I'm not going to deal with that story too much, but the question here is pretty similar. Where is your brother? And God knew back then where, <laughs> behind what tree and naked, the naked Adam sits. Here, he knew where the brother was. Where, where his blood was. God knew everything. We cannot hide anything from him. We cannot hide ourselves from him. He knows our motives even. He knows our thoughts. He knows everything. So, the punishment of God for Cain was a long life. But the life without the land producing the fruits. For Cain to have a sign for nobody to kill him even if he would like to be killed. He was not successful as the farmer any longer. It's confusing for me a little bit to, to read what is written afterwards that, uh, that Cain met his wife and, uh, uh, and they had children. Uh, unsuccessful farmer, what, what wife? I mean, what a crazy woman. How could she marry such a miserable man? I'm just kidding. Anyway, uh, the story is very dramatic. And the question, what did Cain wrong? For me, it's pretty easy to answer. Jealousy, frustration. My brother is more successful than I am. I did the best I could, but, but God loves my brother better. I work so hard on my job, but somebody else gets a promotion. I do so much in the ministry at the congregation. I'm here the first to help, but somebody else gets acknowledgement on the stage. 
I work so hard to bring people to the Lord or to preach good. But some other people, they get promoted as good preachers and I'm not. You see what I mean? Jealousy, envy. I'm not so successful as somebody else, but I deserve it. Let me give you an example, recent example. The baptism, mikvet, vela, two weeks ago. Nine people, hallelujah, it's like the heaven is open. But somebody else, somebody in Berlin starts telling to somebody, to somebody from our congregation, oh, it's not, it's not right what was done there. Why? Because he, he works so hard as an evangelist. But since a number of years, nobody comes to the Lord. I have compassion. I can relate to that. A week ago, somebody came to me, an Israeli. From an, orth uh, from an Orthodox family and he told me, I want to be baptized. And I'm just like, what? Do you believe in Yeshua? Yes, I do. And I'm just like, praise God, let's meet and talk about, about this, this coming week. And he was so excited, he told that to some other missionaries or friends of his. And the next day I'm getting a text message from somebody who leads another a group that is like trying to do something among, uh, for Jewish people. You shouldn't baptize him because he, is, he attends our group. And I'm just like, seriously? You know, it's just like German way of approaching. I'm doing the same direct way of replying. No way. He comes to our congregation and he approached me and not you to be baptized. Oh, that poor guy. He was dealing with him. He was uh, trying to share the gospel with him, but he believed that our congregation. What a pity. And then there is another missionary to the Jewish people meeting with this Israeli because uh, he knew him for a couple of years and tried to evangelize him till death. Talking to him out of the baptism at our congregation. I couldn't get it. We, it, was, it is the first Israeli and that professes his way, a face in Berlin, since a couple of years. We tried many different things. Israelis in Berlin are open, willing to listen, ask questions, attend our events, but they don't make this, this, uh, their decisions to follow Yeshua. This one did. They did so, and these guys, they did so much to bring him to the Lord. And I did literally almost nothing 
I saw him for the second time in my life or the, for the third. And he came to me in order to, go, to do Tvilawa, to go into water at our congregation and for me to lead him in that. Did I deserve it talking of my labor? No. The other guys, they did much more than I. Cain and Abel. I didn't deserve that. But those guys did something wrong. This Israeli is not going to be baptized in the next couple of weeks. And maybe he will leave the Lord because all this situation. It's confusing for him. We have many modern canes today. And you know what? Sometimes I'm one of them. The Bible is full of, this, uh, of these examples. Do you remember, for example, Joseph and his brothers? Good brothers, working hard men, doing the best to please their father, Jacob. Do you remember? But Jacob loved Joseph. The one who was seeing crazy dreams that all brothers, including his parents, would just bow before him. What did, so what did Jacob do about these dreams? <laughs> funny young man, funny guy, I love him. He has such funny dream, but that's okay, I don't mind. How about brothers? What did brothers do? They got jealous. What are these crazy dreams? He wants to lead us. He is actually not hardworking man. Maybe he's, he got some brain, but he's young, unexperienced. He doesn't deserve that. Do you remember what they did? They sold him into the slavery because of their jealousy. Cain's. Uh, in the life of Yeshua, it was also very present. Do you remember Pharisees, the righteous men of God at that uh, time, zealous, observant, the spiritual elite, the rabbis of that time, and then Yeshua comes and he does more miracles, more people follow him, he tells them that they are wrong in some things. How did they feel? Bad. Cain's. Do you remember what, uh, what, uh, what, um, what stories Yeshua was telling them about all this? Do you remember the story of the prodigal son? The one son. Do you remember the story? One son took his part of inheritance, his possession, and just wasted that all. And there was another brother who stayed with the father and uh, was good and godly man, loved his father, cared for his father, probably pride and joy of his father. Uh, and he stayed with his father, but the prodigal son, another son, he, uh, he was away and then he came to uh, like, normal healthy 
mental condition one day and decided that it's better to go back to his father's house than to eat with the pigs. He came back, father was so happy. And the brother was so mad because of father's love for this prodigal son. You know the story, right? What was, uh, what was the father's uh, answer? Why are you so upset? Why your face fail? Why you are angry? You share with me everything. But I want to celebrate this brother, your brother, my son. Would you not rejoice with me in that? Cain. Do you remember uh, the story about the laborers uh, who were hired for a day to work? They worked like many hours from early morning for a daily, uh, daily wage. And then there were other guys who came later and worked just a couple of hours for the same wage. And those who worked the whole day, do you remember their reaction? What? We worked whole day, we deserve more. Do you remember the answer? You deserve what we agreed upon. I give you what I should. It's not your business to care what I give to others. Jealousy, Keynes. It's in all of us. I work hard, I deserve more. Why this one is promoted better than I am? Why this one is getting more glory and acknowledgement? Why his salary or her salary is higher than mine? Why this position is uh, more prominent than mine? I deserve that. I brought the best for the Lord or for my boss or for my company or for my school or for my university. I bring the best. I deserve the best. I deserve. Maybe. But it's not necessary. Do you remember what was, uh, God, what was the word of God? If you do well, it's a glory, exaltation, and an honor in itself. Why are you angry? And why has your countenance fallen? Well, I can, uh, I can give you more examples from, uh, from, the uh, from the Bible. As Pilate, was, uh, propo uh, was suggesting uh, to release Yeshua and to uh, kill Barnabas instead. Uh, Pilate was suggesting that because he knew that Yeshua is there punished because of the jealousy. Jealousy killed Yeshua. 
the sacrifice of the Messiah was like Abel at that time. Yeshua was killed because of the chaos of that time. As the apostles and the first disciples of Yeshua, as we read in, uh, in uh, Acts, were performing great miracles, doing great things, and many people were following them, the high priests, and the priests of that time, and the temple elite, they were so frustrated, so angry, so jealous. They were attacking the apostles. It's so natural, and unfortunately, it's so normal. If you would turn with me to Galatians chapter 6. Do not be, I, I read from verse 7 through verse 9. Do not be deceived. God is not mocked. For whatever a man sows, this he will also reap. For the one who sows in his own flesh shall from the flesh reap corruption. But the one who sows the spirit shall from the spirit reap eternal life. And now be careful. And let us not be discouraged, as here translated, lose heart, fallen with your face, angry. Let us not be discouraged or lose heart in doing good. For in due time we shall reap if we do not grow weary. Galatians 6 verse 9 is a direct reference to Genesis chapter 4. It's Cain and Abel. It's what God told to Cain back then. And they read this verse again. And let us not lose heart in doing good. Whatever we deserve. Whatever is not given to us. Whatever dishonor we feel, even if we are not receiving promotion, acknowledgement, glorification, salary, or anything else, even thanks from the people. Even if we don't get that all what we believe we fully deserve. Even then, let us not lose heart in doing good, for in due time, we shall reap if we do not grow weary. And the next verse says, so then, while we have opportunity, let us do good to all men, and especially to those who are of the household of the faith. 
I'm Cain in many situations of my life. So is you, each of us. And it's our choice. It's our decision. I would say it's our deliberate decision. How do we react? What did Cain do wrong? Jealousy, anger, fallen face. I am entitled to that. No, maybe you don't. But even you, if you do, we shouldn't care. If we do good, there is glory, honor, and exaltation in itself. Eternal glory and eternal exaltation. Let us grasp that. Let us oppose to the sin, to anger, to jealousy. In whatever area of life it is present in our life. Just let us stay strong in doing good and be exalted in his time. And I want to finish by saying that for this ultimate eternal exaltation, Yeshua HaMashiach, Jesus the Messiah, went to the cross and died because of the jealousy of the people around him. He was buried and he rose from the dead. His sacrifice was for us. He died and his blood, as the Bible says, cries out in the book of Hebrews, it said, cries out louder than the blood of Abel. And because of his blood, our sin is forgiven, our ransom is paid, and we are entitled to the eternal life. Let us accept his sacrifice. Let us follow Yeshua in his meek and gentle and humble spirit, in spite of the jealousy of others, let us serve him, let us follow him. And as the book of uh, Philippians, as the letter to Philippians says, because he humiliated himself, God rose him so high and exalted him above everybody. And it's written there, let us have the same feeling. Amen.